the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in, in what part of the country? <laughs> Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. Hour. I am your host, Herschel Finney. We've got a really good show for you today. In this half hour of the show, we, we will be doing book reviews. The Jewish Hour uh, solicits and gets various titles. A lot of our shows are based on books that we received. So we've gotten a little bit a backlog, you might say, with books that have been received over the past couple of months. We had a whole stack. We had about 18 books that were sent to us. And we're going to review, let me just see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of those books. Because when we review a book, it's like sort of our uh, seal of approval. And we say this is a good book to go buy. So the other, the other uh, ten books we said goodbye to. In the second half hour of the show, we will be talking about the Parsha of Behalosecha. It's one of the harder Parshas to say. Let's say it all together. Behalosecha found in the book of Numbers, chapters 8 through 12. There's a wonderful Hasidic story at the end of the story. Very poignant, very meaningful story. Beautiful music scattered throughout. Before we do anything else, let's go right to the news. Palestinian shot and killed an Israeli near Hadera. The man was buried on his 32nd birthday and leaves behind two small children. A terrorist who broke into a village in central Israel was killed by a security guard while most of the village was in synagogue on Shavuos morning. The terrorist was carrying a knife. A nine-year-old girl was hit by stray fire in another village in central Israel. She remains in stable condition. Four Palestinians were convicted of spying for Israel in Gaza. The four faced execution. 
the Arkansas House of Representatives passed a resolution encouraging trade with Israel that specifically mentions Judea and Samaria, the biblical name for the West Bank. The resolution states that Arkansas is in the heartland of the U.S., and so are Judea and Samaria in the heartland of Israel. Israel advanced, they also noted that there's lots of cities like Hebron and Bethel in Arkansas, which is really cool. Anyway, and finally, in the sport, Israel advanced to the quarterfinals with a 1-0 win over Uzbekistan in the Under-20 Soccer World Cup in Argentina. Israel beat Japan 1-0 to get to the single elimination medal round. Israel next faces let's do this in past tense. I have it written. Israel next faced Brazil on Saturday, but the show is recorded on Friday, and we do not yet have those results because it's Friday and it's not being played until tomorrow. But you're listening to this on Sunday or later. Stay tuned for next week. Brazil is the heavy favorite, and that's the news. Why go to a hospital to get healthy? At Encompass Healthcare, you get the -the state-of-the-art wound care like in a hospital, the same medicines, the same everything without being in a hospital. Why put yourself at risk of getting a hospital-borne infection? Did you know that last year one in six people died in America because of infections they got in hospitals? Encompass Healthcare is an outpatient facility. That means you get your wound care treatment and then go home. There are no wait times at Encompass Healthcare like in ERs. Healthcare is personal and works better, faster, and easier. Encompass Healthcare provides a state-of-the-art outpatient facility close to where you live. Call 248-624-9800. That's 624-9800. Auto accident, workman's comp, and most insurances accepted. Encompass Healthcare's goal is to get you healthy with as little disturbance to your daily activities. Call 248-624-9800. Herschel Finman here. You are listening to the Jewish Hour. As we said at the onset of the show, which was just a couple minutes ago, we will be doing now some book reviews. And this is, uh, it's not just filler, but we we love this as a uh, community service to our listeners. And the, uh, um, you should, I mean, these books are definitely worth going out and getting if uh, you understand what I mean. So, the first one we're going to talk about is a book called Totally Kosher. This one is a cookbook. We should have talked about this a long time ago. Um, we got this book the same day that we got uh, Mind Over Batter, which we actually, uh, our review team said, we have to get this person on the, on the, team, on the show. And uh, the book got sort of like pushed to the side, but uh, so uh, we'll talk about it now. So it is Honey Applebaum's next uh, endeavor. We had her on, I think, for Millennial Kosher. She wrote a book about which is easy restaurant, easy, easy uh, recipes. It's the same type of genre of thing. It's uh, 150 recipes about the holidays and all the other type of things. A very, very cool book. And she's got some really poignant pictures in there. There's a picture of her lighting Shabbos candles with her, with her daughter and her mom. And uh, good highlights. I mean, as far as cookbook goes, I mean, (coughs) excuse me, my wife is of the opinion that you can never have too many cookbooks. So you should see our cookbook shelf. In fact, at Jewish Ferndale, which is where these books will be stored once we we review them. So um, So the cookbook shelf has, I don't know, three dozen cookbooks on it. And they're all totally, totally 
so um, so about the book, it's it's a it's uh, we did try having the Connie on, didn't work out, and um, so she's got some some uh, twists on things like miso soup with matzo balls and uh, brownie bar hamantash, and so it's like standard Jewish fare, but with a uh, sort of uh, metropolitan millennial Gen Z, a little bit old school Gen Z twist. So. <laughs> That's it, and uh, she's probably going to uh, come up with a couple more cookbooks. Anyway, so that's totally kosher, and that's totally for you. Yes, that was the only cookbook we're going to be reviewing now, today. Uh, even though we did get other cookbooks, we're, this is the one that, that rated. Now, the next one is from Corin Press, Corin Publishers. They're, this is a series that they're coming out with. They're doing the Tanakh. They're doing the Bible, one book at a time. And I'm not sure if they're going to get through the way that they're doing it. If I assume that if they're going to get through all 24 books of the Bible, or maybe if you're going to count like Samuel 1 and Kings 1 and, uh, and Chronicles 1 as one book, and then the two is going to be the second book, or you have some of the longer books like Isaiah or Jeremiah that might be divided in half. So it's going <laughs> to, it would be the rate they're going. And some books are, you know, uh, the 12 uh, prophets is one book so but what they're doing is presenting it this is n this is not just a this is not just a commentary on the book of leviticus because by the way the book of leviticus is probably one of the more hard books to explain because a lot of it deals with with subject matter which is just not it's it's not a story and it's not you know, it's like like uh, there's no oratios like in uh, oratories and uh, as there are in say in uh, uh, Isaiah Jeremiah and Ezekiel, which tend to get very philosophical. It's not there's not the philosophical stuff over here. It's just a lot of uh, down to earth stuff in the Book of Leviticus, and a lot of it's not really relevant to us today. So it's a hard topic to to get into and explain. And I hear people when I have. I teach a class and have taught various classes in portion in the portion of the week, and I th during the weeks that we're doing Leviticus here, so it's really hard to make it relevant. And what they did, because this seems to be the uh, modus operandi of Corinth Publishing, because they did this with the Steinzel Talmud, is they t the, the, the the I think their chief we had their editor on when he, they first came out with Volume One of the Talmud. And he said what they're trying to do is take the Talmud out of black and white and make it into color. So you get, it's just like make it a vibrant experience. It's not just the words on the page or with some, co some like wonderful commentary, which makes it more words on the page. There's, there's, there's uh, illustrations and charts and pictures, and this is, it's, it's the size, of, it's a coffee table book. And you're going to have to have a very big coffee table book if you're going to have the entire Bible. Uh, with all 24 books and how many volumes this is set is going to be. So I cannot, I don't have enough thumbs to describe how how good this book is. And uh, I would run, like not even, just like um, put, the, put the podcast on pause, or if you have such abilities, you have a different outline, and go online and go to Corin Publishing and uh, see what's new, what's new category, and look and check out there the, the book of Leviticus. Definitely worth it. Okay, that's why this one's next. 
after that, very cl- very close by, same type of idea from Magid Pr- Magid Press, is the Stein Zalt Tanya Volume Two. This is this is a tome. I was when I this is the chapter of thirty three to fifty three fifty two of Tanya, and uh, I teach Tanya. I have taught Tanya for close to 40 years. And uh, the erudition which is expressed in this work is amazing. First of all, I just saw that this, <laughs> this is a tome. This is, this, is, this, is, this is a book. I mean, this is like, it's like, whoa. This is, um, there, there are other commentaries on Tanya, and they're featherweights, comparably speaking, in both size and depth. Of course, everybody knows about the genius of Adin Steinzelt's blessed memory. And uh, his he wrote, I think, several different uh, ways of looking at Tanya, and different editions have come out of his and Tanya. And this one, which is Volume 2, Volume 1, I believe we, uh, we reviewed when it came, back, came out a while ago. So this is continuing the series. I'm going to assume that the Tanya, which is five volumes... So this is, I'm going to follow you the normal path, and and many commentaries, what they do is they, volume one is chapters one through 32 or 33 or 34, and then there to the end of the first book, which is chapter 52, and then the next 12 chapters of Shari Yochid Vamuna, which is part two, and the 12 chapters of Agaris Hachuva, which is also another 12 chapters, and put those two together. So those usually go together, so that becomes volume three. And then there's the, the fourth volume, uh, which is sometimes half of the fourth section and uh, the second half and the fifth section, or like sometimes they do it depending on how the depth of commentary, because after that you're talking letters and some, some notes so that the first Lubavitch Rebbe wrote about the Tanya. So there's not a lot of commentary on those. So those can be in, it could be, it could be a, a, a four or five volume set. Also, this coming out from Koran Publishing. We give it two thumbs up. Um, I would put it in as a collection with the rest of my my commentaries on Tanya and just um, just for in-depth analysis because Tanya, when the Alter Rebbe wrote it, wrote it in such a way that he left the explanations to others. And he sort of said that this is sort of like the Torah Shabbat Sav. This is like the written law of Hasidic philosophy, like the Chumash is written very concisely and has needs requires lots of uh, commentary and insight. So the Alter Rebbe wrote it that way. So uh, people like Adin Steinzalt have taken their time and put in the energy to writing such a thing as Tanya. So again, this is Steinzalt's Tanya, Magid Press. This is uh, Volume 2, and you might want to pick up Volume 1 if you haven't picked that up already also. Next, this is a very interesting book, also by uh, Magid Press. It's Values in Halacha, Six Case Studies. Um, and what it is, is there, uh, it's uh, translations of six responses on, on, on insights into interpretation, I guess, of Jewish law that one would never come across. It is a scholarly piece. This is not bedtime reading. This is a book that requires studying. And uh, I read through some of the, I didn't read through the whole thing, but I read through enough of it to get the gist of it and and realized 
that the uh, it's the the foot <laughs> required footnotes are absolute and going into the depth of some of the subjects. What are what are some of the subjects? Like for example, there's this idea of business people not um, encroaching on people in the same business. Uh, there was a response from the 1650s about a certain group where they agreed that they could encroach on everybody's business and then have some kind of agreement where they pay back any money that the other person lost because they encroached on their business. So it's sort of like we want to do the wrong thing, but we want to correct it after we do the wrong thing. So it's fascinating how the, uh, the author handles the subject, and it's an amazing way how the translator translates the, uh, the letter there. So um, there's that, and there's, uh, he has the idea of uh, Judaism and humanism. There's other things there also as well. The next one, this is from Yale University Press. The Yale University Press received a grant, I don't remember from whom, to do something called Jewish Lives. And they have to date, I guess, maybe uh, close to 100 biographies. The vast majority of the biographies we did not bother with, because as we say in the, uh, we we have this uh, we talked about this last week, or maybe the week before that, and we're trying to express Judaism and Jewish values, not just things that are Jewish. So they have uh, like a, a, a biography of Barbara Streisand, for example, which okay, very nice. Barbara Streisand is a very famous woman and has probably done a lot for the furtherance of women in, uh, in film and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But we didn't feel that that was a Jewish topic, so we did not ask for that book. And we've only asked for just a few of the, the books. The one that's the one that, that we did ask for, which just came out, is the biography of Elie Wiesel. And this is by jo Joseph Berger. Again, it's Yale University Press. The... The, we, when Ellie Wiesel passed away, so we had Simone Jacobson come and talk about the life of Ellie Wiesel, a Nobel Prize uh, laureate for in, in uh, I'm not sure if it was literature, if I think it was maybe it was the Nobel Peace Prize, and his work in combating hatred in the world. And he wasn't, he, he was a, such a universalist that he wasn't just concerned about anti-Semitism, which him having lived through the Holocaust experienced firsthand. But when there was the civil war in Rwanda and there was a there was genocide going on over there, he was like right at the forefront of people like, you know, uh, trying to get the world's attention to what was going on in, in this place that... Before this whole thing happened, and some people decided to pick it up on the news, that most people in America, for example, had never heard of Rwanda and couldn't tell you what even it was, if it was a country or not. So he, he lived a life, he lived his life, which is an amazing thing to, to say about somebody. They say that about Abraham, the patriarch Abraham, that every day of his was, was a, a day which was valuable, and it, he achieved great things. So the, uh, the, this, this biography, again, done by Joseph Berger, really does portray the, the who Elie Wiesel was. If you want to get into like, his story behind the, the, the philosophy of the man and get into who, was it, who the man was, then I suggest, uh, again, it's Yale University Press. It's actually under the Jewish Lives title. The YUP is on the, on the spine. 
which is Yale University Press. Yup. And uh, go out and get it. Next, the li- this is an interesting book. Okay, we got a ton of Holocaust memoirs. Um, of the ten books that were not accepted for review, I would say four or five of them were Holocaust memoirs. And it's not to say that there's anything wrong with a Holocaust memoir, but the review team says there's a certain saturation point. And indeed, in the Jewish uh, Ferndale Library, we have a section of Holocaust material, and uh, there's it's, it's a full shelf on just Holocaust material. So there is a play from different angles and different perspectives. This one did receive a, uh, a thumbs-up rating because it's called The Life of Yussel of the Singer, The Story of Cantor Moshe Kraus. It's Toby Press, and uh, it's, a different, it's a different way of looking at it. It's a different type of a story. And it, it talks about his, the, his way in which he survived Bergen-Belsen. As, since he was a trained cantor, a person who sings in the synagogue. So he became sort of like the pet Jew of many of the officers in Bergen-Belsen and was told, and some of these stories, when I read it, I said, I've heard this one story before, which I'm not going to say what it is, but a story where he was told to sing a certain specific song, and he's in front of, like, the whole, there's, like, every, like, Bergen-Belsen's holding holding a... uh, a uh, what do you call it? A uh, uh, invitation for other Nazis to Machshamam to come and look what was going on. And they had this Jew. Look at this Jew that we have have sing. And he had to choose which song to sing. It's a, it's a, it's a <laughs> it's an amazing story. Anyway, so um, but he also he also puts into that his uh, memories of his family before the war, which is that that sort of kind of like like does it. It sets the stage for his person persona or personality who he was, and it's an interesting thing to note. Maybe somebody should write a book about this, is the type of personality that did survive the the concentration camps. I, we know about how many people were killed. We know the number is 6 million, but I'm not sure how many people survived. And that number was never has never really been published. Uh, if somebody wants to go do a Google search and uh, contact me at, rabbi, at rabbifinman.com, then I'd greatly appreciate it. But I... This, this, um, his, his, uh, it's a very uplifting story. A lot of the, the Holocaust memoirs, the reason why they didn't get it is because it's a depressing story. Who wants to be depressed? Okay, we have them sitting on the shelf, and you could look, you can see from the cover, from the jacket. Don't book it, don't judge a book by its cover, but a lot of them, you could, when you read the synopsis on the inside cover, you can say, mm, not where I would put my, my brain cells, you know, but, um, I'm not, listen, everybody's got their own thing. So again, the book is The Life of Yasela, Y-O-S-E-L-E, The Life of Yasela the Singer, written by uh, Cantor Moshe Krauss, and it's Toby Press. <coughs> and I believe, yes, that's, uh, that's it. That does it for us. So again, the titles that we had today are Totally Kosher by Hani Applebaum, the cookbook. Leviticus, the book of Leviticus from the Bible, this is Corin Publishing, the color edition. The Steinzaltz, Tanya by Adin Steinzaltz, 
Magid Press. Values in Halacha, six case studies. That's by Magid Press. The uh, Ellie Wiesel by Joseph Berger. That's Yale University Press, Jewish Lives. And The Life of Yussel as a Singer, Moshe Krauss. And that is Toby Press. And those are our recommendations for this time. And we'll be probably doing a book review maybe in, I don't know, another four, five, six months. We'll see. So, But in the meantime, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And we'll be back some, with some music that I'm sure you're just itching to hear. Don't go away. You're listening to the Jewish Hour. Want assurance of quality and excellence in kosher? Look for the Michigan K on the label. What's it look like? The Lower Peninsula of Michigan with a K. It's a symbol of the Michigan Kosher Supervisors. Go to their website, mycosup.com. That's M-I for Michigan, K-O for kosher, and S-U-P for supervisors, mycosup.com, and find this month's featured products. You'll find Michigan K products wherever fine food is sold, especially at Natural Food Patch on West Nine Mile Road in Ferndale. Herschel Finman, here you are listening to the Jewish Hour. Of course, since uh, Sphero, when we're not listening to music, is over, so there is a plethora of Jewish songs that came out this week. Across my desk this week, without exaggeration, there came 18 different songs by 18, I think actually 17 different composers or artists. And uh, we have a tendency to play five songs per show. So um, some of them were, were oh, awful. Just, <laughs> those were not playing. They were just, are you kidding me? Some of them actually the, the, might have been really good, except that the sound quality just didn't come through. So we picked the best ones. So um, from that whole list we have today, we're going to start off with, this is Yoni Z. The song is called Hakol Litova, Everything is for the Good. And he wrote this song after a motorcycle accident while he was on vacation in Italy. Let's listen to Yoni Z. Thank you. 
We all know there's an opiate epidemic, but Advanced Rapid Detox has a solution for people addicted to pain pills, heroin, and dependent on Suboxone and Methadone. Advanced Rapid Detox performs detox under sedation in the hospital. Patients sleep through withdrawals and wake up without cravings. Dr. Julia Aronoff and the staff at Advanced Rapid Detox help people restore their lives and the lives of their families. Addiction affects everyone, even in the Jewish community, and Advanced Rapid Detox is there to help. Call 800-603-1813. That's 800-603-1813. Or visit them online at www.advancedrapiddetox.com. Here you are listening to the Jewish Hour. Next up, this is a new klezmer band. The band is called Croker. C-R-O-A-K-E-R. Like Croker. Um, why they call it, I think maybe one of the, uh, the lead band manager might be his last name. I'm not sure. But I've seen a couple of, a couple of uh, offerings this week came through. This one I like really a lot. It's called Freilux, which is a standard uh, Klezmer piece, and Freilux just means happy stuff. Let's be happy.
Croker and their song was Freilichs. Up next, <coughs> new kid on the block, Ari Hill. He's an Israeli. He did a Jewish song in Hebrew, obviously. It's called Ika Veshuka. Very interesting statement it's taken from the Talmud. That it says, Rabbi Yaisi Omer, Rabbi Yaisi says, Im lo hatar, if the Torah had not been given, Kama Yaisi Ika Beshuka, how many Joes would there be in the street? Meaning, so what differentiates this Rabbi Yossi from any other Yossi is the fact that he gets to learn Torah. It's a really cool song. I like it a lot. Why go to a hospital to get healthy? At Encompass Healthcare, you get the state-of-the-art wound care like in a hospital, the same medicines, the same everything without being in a hospital. Why put yourself at risk of getting a hospital-borne infection? Did you know that last year, one in six people died in America because of infections they got in hospitals? Encompass Healthcare is an outpatient facility. That means you get your wound care treatment and then go home. 
There are no wait times that encompass healthcare like in ERs. Healthcare is personal and works better, faster, and easier. Encompass Healthcare provides a state-of-the-art outpatient facility close to where you live. Call 248-624-9800. That's 624-9800. Auto accident, workman's comp, and most insurance is accepted. Encompass Healthcare's goal is to get you healthy with as little disturbance to your daily activities. Call 248-624-9800. Er, you are listening to the Jewish Hour. This week is the portion of the Halosacha. It is to be found in the book of Numbers, chapter eight, chapters 8 through 12, inclusively. It contains um, the commandment for Aaron to light the menorah and uh, many stories after that. In fact, it's got some, some good Bible story stuff there. One of the stories which involves the mitzvah is the making of the trumpets. This is one of those parts of the Bible, which in this portion specifically, which is, doesn't get a lot of press, especially since the beginning of the portion talks about Aaron and the menorah, and the end of the portion talks about Miriam talking about her brother and getting afflicted with saras, with this skin disease, which people get with gossip. So there's a lot of press about those two topics. So in the middle, there's just a couple of verses, and it talks about Moshe making these trumpets, these two silver trumpets. Okay, and what was the purpose of the trumpets? It, it was an intercom, basically. They didn't, you know, you're in the desert. There's people living in an area the size of Southfield or Livonia or Royal Oak. You know, that's exactly how big it was. I mean, those, uh, in Michigan, they have this thing called townships, and a township is six miles by six miles. So that's about the size of the camp of the Jewish people, which uh, I'm not sure how many people uh, live in Livonia, but I don't think it's about four million people, which is what the camp of the Jewish people was in that square area. It was kind of like packed. It was a tent city, yeah, with lots of land for their pastures, for their, for their animals. So if they needed to call people, like, hello, we need to talk, or we need to assemble, so they would blow the sh- the, these trumpets. And it would also be as act as a signal, depending on what type of blast they blew, it was a signal, oh, by the way, we're leaving, we have to move, we have to pack up. Okay, and we get the uh, the sounds, okay, and then everybody knows, oh, we got to pack up. And so they pack up their tents and all of their belongings and load them onto their carts and wagons and pack animals, whatever else, how they, they transported their all of their belongings from point A to point B. And um, when it was time to go, so they had to march in formation, and this was, or travel in formation, this was all discussed at the very beginning of the book of Numbers, that Judah went first, and Sacher went second, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And if you go through the whole 12, he went what, you know, the, what, how the formation was, but it was a single column, and they, the, uh, they followed the cloud of glory. These trumpets, if I'm not mistaken, were used even in the temple, in the first temple, and were put away by Jeremiah. If someone wants to correct me about that, please contact me at rabbifinman.com. That's, that would be wonderful, because um, I have not read up a lot about what happened to these specific, these two trumpets. 
But what's the deal? How do we learn anything about it? It's not, you know, it's not like, you know, biblical trivial pursuit. How many trumpets did Moses make? Two. And then, you know, okay, you took a little, little, uh, a little triangle in your cart. But um, no. It has to be something which is relevant to us. Everything Moses did, he did because God told him to do it. There was nothing that Moses did randomly, arbitrarily, or even with his own accord. I was once asked by a reporter for my opinion on a certain matter which was come up in the news. And I think it might have been gun control or something like that. And so I gave this answer about what it says in Jewish law about the, the, the subject matter. So this reporter was taking copious notes and said, okay, fine, that's Jewish law. What's your opinion, Rabbi Finman? And I looked and I said, my opinion is from is, is Jewish law. Or Jewish law is my opinion, would be the, probably the better way of saying it, not my opinion is Jewish law. Jewish law is my opinion. Who am I going to go against God and say, well, God says this, and then I, Herschel Finman, I say this. No. It's not going to, no. So Moshe, I guess I learned from Moshe, Moshe never did anything on his own. It was always, let me go check it out with the chief. So when it was time to go, where was this coming from? Obviously, it was coming from the Almighty. And when it was time to stop, who was it decided, oh, we're stopping here? Obviously, it was the Almighty. So they had this cloud, which when the cloud was vertical, so it meant to go, and when the cloud was horizontal, it meant to stop. So that made life easy for them. We have, so to speak, a cloud and trumpets. They're just not so obvious that we get a or see a pillar turn sideways at a 90-degree angle. You know, it's not necessarily going to be that way. But our lives are still being directed that way. Why is it that? A person suddenly picks themselves up. They find themselves in a situation where I can't stay here anymore. I have to live. I have to leave. And they think it's either because, usually the reason why people move, is because this place is really bad or that place is really better. And either way you look at it, so that it, the, the answer is, is that place is really better. That's why I'm moving. But not everybody is going to be moving to that place which is really better. It's only you that are picking yourself up and moving to that place because it's really better. And why is it that, that you are picking yourself up and moving to that place which is really better? Is because that's the, that's the place where God wants you to be. Now, that's talking, we're not necessarily talking about selling your house, emptying out your apartment, whatever, and moving to another state or country or, or planet. No, it doesn't have to be exactly that. Sometimes it just has to be, I'm going to move from the 
living room to the kitchen. Because right now, what needs to be done, or vice versa, right now I'm in the kitchen, but what needs to be where, where I need to be right now is in the living room. Without driving yourself neurotic, of course. And understanding that everything that happens to us, if we kind of sort of open our eyes, we'll see that there is that cloud doing that pointer thing, except our clouds are not shaped like a column. Our clouds are shaped like, you know, those little icons with the little little finger, uh, you know, uh, forefinger pointing up, and it's pointing this way. Go that way. That's the way our clouds are. And it's such a, it's such a fine thing. We don't even know that we're following the cloud. But indeed, we are following the cloud. Speaking of following the cloud... If you'd like to get in touch with me, the best way to do that would be at my website, RabbiFinman.com, which is probably where most of you are listening to this podcast because we have all the podcasts archived at RabbiFinman.com. We also have other wonderful things. Check them out when you get through listening to this podcast at RabbiFinman.com. Check out all the other things. And there's also the very important donations page. Okay, it's June, April this week got paid off so we only have to worry about may and june now so okay good i'm not worried i am not worried i've never lost a minute's sleep because um even (laughs) even when it seems like uh uh-oh it always people came through there's always been money that just came through we got a check out of the blue and said here's a check for the jewish hour it's just like wow that's amazing okay (laughs) it's just unsolicited and okay person says they listen i guess i'm soliciting to them I'm, they're, they're listening now so i'm soliciting them now so but um the jewish hour has always needed your support so go to rabbifinman.com easy way to do that and go to the donations page you can set it up that you can do it monthly with your credit card and the paypal that we offer and don't want to do a big gift you can do a bunch of smaller gifts Okay, you can cancel at any time. It's always possible. Uh, or, or you wait until the, your credit card expires, and then PayPal tells me that. I have to tell you that your credit card expired. If you don't want to do it that way, well, you can do like I got this check that was sent to me this week to 1725 Pinecrest Drive, Ferndale, Michigan, 48220. What is 1725 Pinecrest Drive? Ferndale, Michigan, 48227. Well, that's the home of Jewish Ferndale, which is our community house, which is run by, it's run by the community, but it's spearheaded by my wife, Hannah, and myself. And we have all kinds of wonderful programs going on. Just check out the website, jewishferndale.com, and my Facebook page, rabbifinman.com slash, no, excuse me, facebook.com slash rabbi.finman. And uh, you can see all the wonderful things that we're doing. Coming up next, this week, on Thursday, Hannah Finman herself, we had this monthly uh, Sfat lecture, a lecture about the city, the holy city of Safat, Israel, located in the Galilee. And we've had some really phenomenal lecturers. Detroit has this plethora of world-class talent, and these lectures have been brilliant. So Hannah is going to be doing the next one. Not this. <laughs> Hannah is also brilliant. I can tell you. I can attest to you to that. And she will be discussing first of all the Cosmic Cube, which is an art installation that she put together, which will be um, 
I can't. It's too hard to explain what it is. I just have to come and check it out. But it's a, it's an amazing piece, and then she'll be giving a guided tour of the 15 or so pieces that we have hanging on the wall walls uh, in Jewish Ferndale. The art of uh, art from various people from Svat and the different things that they're trying to convey. There's landscapes and there's Kabbalah art and there's uh, Jewish Jewish art, and that's going to be on Thursday, June the 8th. From 7.30, we're going to start, and it will be simulcast on my Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash rabbi.finman. And at 7.30, there's no charge. We will be in Jewish Ferndale next Friday for Shabbat. That's 7.30. We'll be making Kiddush. There is a charge for that. You have to do make a, pay, make a reservation at jewishferndale.com. And Sunday night, this is a new thing, a woman's circle together with Ivy Abram who is a certified uh, women's coach type person. I'm not exactly sure of her title, but together with Hannah Finman, they're going to do a women's circle, you know, relaxing and, uh, and uh, guided imagery. And there's a project that they, they do, and it's just a, it's a real good time. But for women only, a suggested donation is 20 bucks, and that's Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m. And that's what's going on in Jewish Ferndale. So, um, the story involves a certain businessman who was a disciple of the third Lubavitcher Rebbe. And he lived in some town. It doesn't say in the story where he lived. But every year, once a year, he would travel to the city of Nizhna Novogorod. Okay? That's a, that's a mouthful. That's, only, that's why he only went once a year. When people ask him, where are you going? He'd say, Nishni Novogorod. Once a year is enough. And there was a big fair there, and he would probably, what he was most likely doing is buying wholesale to sell retail. On his way to Nizhny Novogorod, he would stop off in the town of Lubavitch to spend a, a few days, a week, with the Lubavitch Rebbe at that time, who was referred to as the Tzemach Tzedek, the Menachem Mendel Schneerson III Lubavitch Rebbe. After he would go to Lubavitch, he would go to the city of Dombroisel, which was not that far away, and visit his old teacher. He had a teacher, you know, a, an elementary school teacher who at that point was an old man, and I can understand that. I was very, very influenced by my fifth and sixth grade teacher, who was the first same person, and say that this person, uh, I owe a lot of my ability to think due to this person. Wonderful, magnificent teacher, and after about eighth grade, I never saw him ever again. So, But I didn't pay homage to him as this man did, that every year he would go visit this uh, his old teacher. So it happened one year that one of the people for whom he bought merchandise was kind of late and thinking he's not going to do it. So it, by the time, it was like he delayed the man's trip a couple weeks so the fair doesn't go on the whole time. It's just like the fair goes on for a specific time. The wholesalers, the people that are selling to, to the wholesalers, are there only for a certain time. I mean, how long would you like to spend in Nizhny Novogorod? So he was very much delayed. But he finally he got the money and he said, okay, I'm going. And he spent time with the Rebbe. But he spent only like three days there because he had to minimize his time. And he said... It was, he got out of the three days, what normally got out of a week. It was just amazing. And he's thinking, because he's so late, maybe he should bypass his trip to Dumbrezel 
and not visit his old rabbi. And before he left, he went and asked the Lubavitcher Rebbe, Samachsedek, what did he think about such a thing? So the Lubavitcher Rebbe said, since every year you come here and you go there, you should go there as well. So he traveled to Dumbreisel, and he told the, his old teacher, his old teacher, very happy to see him. And uh, they sat down. He said, I'm just staying for the afternoon. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray the afternoon service, and I'm going to continue on my travels. But I, I felt I'm, I'm late, and I'm really behind in everything, and, but I did want to spend my respects to you. And he told him what the Lubavitcher Rebbe had told to him. And this teacher wasn't here in any of it. He was, like, making making toast for the guy and serving him bread and suddenly it started to pour and this guy he went to the merchant went to pray the afternoon prayers and uh, he said i gotta go the teacher told him listen there's nothing here but dirt roads you're gonna get nothing but mud you're never gonna be able to get out you have to spend the night this is just you know it's a pouring storm so okay fine so uh he spent the night. The next morning, he woke up, and he had a chill. And he was just like, started like, you know, teeth chattering. And he had a fever. And he just like said, I have a horrible headache. And he just went to lie down, and he said, oh. He's like, they called the doctor. The doctor diagnosed it. This man's got typhus, okay, which serious, pretty, pretty serious stuff going on. So the old teacher, he's in the old teacher. And uh, the old teacher uh, uh, sent a letter to his family, please somebody to help take care of him. I can't really take care of him. And he sent a letter to the Lubavitcher Rebbe, please uh, pray on his behalf. And he was there for about two months. Of course, two months are over. The fair is over. I don't know what he did for a living for that year. But he traveled back through Lubavitch. And he asked the Lubavitcher Rebbe, he said, why did you have me go through Dumbreuzel where I caught that fever? And I was delayed for two months and I lost my whole thing. So the Lubavitcher Rebbe responded to him, who, who said that you were delayed there? And the Lubavitcher recorded a puzzle, which I don't, a verse, I don't remember what the verse was. It's something about Hashem directing the steps of, person, of a person. And he said, they're quoting that verse. He says, that verse is talking about somebody dying. That it said Hashem could direct a person that he goes to some place to die. Instead, where were you directed? You were directed to Dumbrozel, where there was somebody who could pray on your behalf. And if it wouldn't be for this old rabbi praying for you, it could have very well been that you died. That's going to do it for us. We hope we had a chance to entertain you a bit. We hope you had a chance to educate you a bit. We hope you have a great week. We hope to see you back again next week. Take care.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.